When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They seem to have really unusual names. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. This is the pecking order. Today's topic, the unwritten rules of life. Here are Mackey and Judd. (laughs) Courtesy of executive producer Roderick, loyal listener Roderick, emailed in, love this talker. It's been a couple weeks since we've done a pecking order. Why don't you start us off here? Actually, no, you might have one. I think you touted one before the show. Oh, I've got a daily double. Then let's hold you. Let me go first. To end my list, which is going to blow the the lid off this entire program. Let me go first then, because your list is probably going to wind up being better then. I I have a feeling that you have more unwritten rule beefs in life with your Larry David-like, you know, (laughs) social interactions than I probably do. All right. I have six of them, and there's probably more. And you run into these. Sometimes you don't think of them until you're staring one in the face. But annoying unwritten rules of life that you wish would go away. Number six for me. Fawning over babies. Like, why is it unacceptable to call a spade a spade? I don't think your baby's that good looking. Your baby looks kind of weird. Why are you posting so many pictures of your ugly baby on Facebook? Instead, we have to pretend like every baby that we see is gorgeous and beautiful and looks so much like the mom. What a real baby. Actually, your baby looks like you may have had an affair with someone. I'm going to be honest. Like a milkman? Postman? I don't know. Just saying. I think it's an annoying unwritten rule of life that I have to shower praise over your baby 100 times out of 100. And I can't be honest. Now, if you someday have children, are, are you going to keep that in mind? Well, my children are going to be very good looking, obviously. <laughs> and here it lies. Here it lies. The gonna, mine, here it lies the rub. Mine are going to be supermodel looking uh-huh. human beings, uh, obviously. Look at my baby. Number five. I'm going to text you a photo of my baby. <laughs> I want your honest reaction. No, don't. I want your honest reaction. Right. This is going to be from, Not from Saturday, okay? From not in the tub. <laughs> no, no. Those, we, we don't need a photo no, of your No, we don't need the, the kids sitting in Is there going to be feces involved in this picture? <laughs> no, just Easter eggs. All right. Well, all right. It's coming in a couple seconds, but go ahead. I'll continue my list, and yes, then I'll critique your baby at the end, all right? Uh, number five, weather talk. And we're guilty of this for at least two of our five segments so far today. But anytime you're in a, in a situation, you're in an elevator, if you're in a situation where you're with someone you don't know very well, and you feel compelled to say something, which is another unwritten rule that's annoying. Like you don't don't feel compelled to say something. We always default to weather, especially in Minnesota. So let's get rid of it. Just be silent or come up with something different that has nothing to do with weather to talk about. 
Maybe ask someone, I don't know, if you feel the need to ask someone a question. Hey, where'd you get that ugly shirt? Whatever, like, stay away from well, weather. Well, you don't have to talk. No, you don't. In fact, that's on and my that's list. And that's a sub-unwritten a sub yeah. rule here. Uh, number four, annoying unwritten rules of life. Hat tip to Dave for reminding me this one. Uh, not eating the last piece of food. When's the last time you went to a gathering with friends, family, you order some appetizers, you're at a restaurant. Let's say you get a little uh, little order of wings, right? There's 10 wings or maybe an odd number of wings. Yep. It's you and I at lunch. Yep. We've each had five, but there's, there's 11 total. There's one left. And it sits there. And usually the waitress or the waiter is the one that takes away the last wing. Are you sure? Who wants it? I don't know. Do you want it? Do you want it? Eat the wing! Just eat the last piece of food. If it sits there for 30 seconds and no one's taking it, just take it. Just eat the last piece of food. I used to... It's an unwritten rule. You're I not used supposed to, to eat the last piece of food. not eat th- that piece of food, and now, more and more, I just take it. Okay. Good. I've made strides there. You should. Uh, number three, holding doors for people. Especially when the person you're holding a door for yes. is more than like three feet away from you. Okay. All right. Like if they're if they have, if they have to walk a few steps to get to the door, mm-hmm. they're capable of holding the door on their own, opening the door. Whatever. Especially if it's a if it's a door that you're just pushing to go out. I can see if you're pulling the door to allow someone in. That's a little bit different. But mm-hmm. if you're pushing the door and then waiting on the outside and holding, they're capable. It's fine. Mm-hmm. We have there's a couple people in the morning when you walk through the hallways here in the Hubbard building. Oh god. Uncomfortable distances. They'll hold the door for you. That guy and I get along just fantastic. I'm sure you do. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. All right. That's all it takes. That's well, another one. Awkward small I'm talk. I'm a man of the people. Judd is the worst at awkward small talk no, around not, the office building. I am not I am not the worst. I'm fantastic. How are you? At I'm it. doing good. Thanks for asking. I don't really care. Eddie Haskell, my man. <laughs> Leaving to Beaver. I grew up watching it. It's it's absolutely the way to, to go about life. Number Hello, two, annoying unwritten rules of life. I'm fine with tipping in some cases, but I feel like the number of people that were forced to tip based on these unwritten rules. And you now you don't even know. Like, am I, are, oh, I've got one for you. You're supposed to tip basically anyone who offers to do anything for you in life. You're supposed to give them a $5 bill. I've got one for you. Panero. So I go up there, Dude, yes. I go up there, and, and it's my gal, right? Old gal, hi, sweetheart. Hi, I say hi back, it's fantastic. And then I, I do my chip card thing, and it says, do you want to tip? Like, no! I do not. No, why would I want to tip? You didn't do anything other than take my order. Correct. You but, didn't sit down, but, well, they didn't walk over to your table. But this is not a her problem. What's the company doing? But the fact that she sees you say no makes you... She runs to my food and spits in it. Like, but it makes you the bad guy, right? Well, I just, I, I don't know why the company has that option there when all she's doing is doing what every person that's been taking orders, which is fa- which is a good job. That's yeah. fine. At yeah. least that it's electronic. The one where they still, you know, it's a Panera type place where they have it on the printed out receipt and you have to write, no, I'm not going to tip you. The total is exactly what it says above this. And yes. you're going to have to eat that. Yeah. That's even worse. Because then you got to hand the thing back to him and say, you're not worthy. It's wildly uncomfortable. Yes. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Uh, this happens like takeout too. If you order takeout, Chinese oh, yeah. takeout or something, any and they, pizza. If you go pick up a pizza somewhere. So I drove my ass to your location, and I'm standing in front of you. You didn't drive it to me. I didn't sit down. Nothing. Am, am I supposed to tip? Like I, I draw the line there. I draw the line. I, Thank I, you for making it. Appreciate it. I, that's very fair to draw the line. Yes. And number one, and it kind of morphs into some of these other ones, but the most annoying unwritten rule of life for me, and I've noticed this a lot more. I think, I feel like cashiers are being told to chat you up in the three-minute interaction like at Target. Chatty cashiers. I had one at Target last weekend who kept pushing like, so um, what are you going to do the rest of the day? 
Oh, uh, okay. And I'm like, I don't know, nothing. Oh, that's that's so. So you know what? Uh, what do you usually do for fun? Like, what? What do you mean? What this, do I usually do for fun? That's none is, of your business. This is where you take a page from Judd what and make, stu- do make stuff up. Uh, I buried three bodies today, <laughs> but besides that, I've done nothing. <laughs> this is where you make stuff up. I walked into a store this Saturday, not to be named, and the cashier said to somebody I overheard, "Hey, you must be doing some cleaning today." Because they're picking up sponges and oh, whatever. So don't make I literally turned and walked out. I said, uh-uh, I'm not going to be part of this conversation. Dude. No, I'm okay. not buying something from your store. I'm going elsewhere. A hundred percent. You doing some cleaning? Did you really? Yes. Cool. I turned tail and that... run. I'm not going to be a part of this. Well, how about this? This, this, this happened at a pharmacy a few weeks ago. This was probably in like February. God, we hate people. I walked up to the counter with like some cold medication, just like two or three things that would signal that I'm not feeling well. well if you were to go right? Right? There doesn't need to be an interaction about it, especially with a line of people behind. Oh, uh, you're starting to come down with something? Oh, you know what that is? What do you mean? Why is that you know any that of is? your business? And yes, that, I'm at a pharmacy, so clearly I'm not feeling that, amazing right now. That is the new, I, this is in the last five to ten years, four corners offense of cashiers. <laughs> Bankers <laughs> used to do this on purpose. They would slow down the line so you would bail on their line. That's the four corners offense. <laughs> They're running the shot clock so that people will leave, and it drives me crazy. Yeah, it's absurd. It's absurd. Absolutely drives me crazy. I used to, I for years didn't get direct deposit solely so I could go to the bank every other Friday and pee, and piss off some banker just so I could stand in their line <laughs> to make them do their job. And I enjoyed it. Honest uh, to God. By the way, uh, Dave, baby photo review here. I got to be honest, Dave. I don't know if you're the father. What do you mean? Too uh, too good looking? Kid looks a little the, the kid looks a little more like Adam Thielen than Dave Harrigan. Got to be honest. Oh, that doesn't look like you at all. Paternity test next segment. Wow. Can we get this go Maury Povich style? I'm not sure if Dave's kid. Yeah, that's a belongs to that Dave. That doesn't. Really... Have you had the conversation with the gal yet? Ah, that doesn't look like you won better. Are I don't you think saying it does the kid's all. too good looking, or I'm too good looking? I, it's, it's a good looking kid. Doesn't look like you. I'm a little nervous. I think yeah. we might need a Jerry Springer situation here. That's fine. As Who's long as, the real father? As long as you're fawning over the baby, that's good for <laughs> Yeah, exactly. See, that's the thing. Parents don't yeah. care at that point. See, you're loving it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> all right, Judd, your, your list is coming up next year. Shall we take a break first? Let's do it, yes. Because my top two are going to blow the lid off 1500 ESPN. <laughs> <sure>. Okay. <laughs> Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Metafast. This is the pecking order. Today's topic, the unwritten rules of life. Here are Mackie and Judd. All right. I gave you my list. It yes. included fawning over babies, weather talk, not eating the last piece of food. Because you should. And because you should just take it and eat it. Well, it's like if you do, someone's going to plunk you with a fastball. I, I can never tell when the baseball police are going to come around when that right last your, wing is sitting at the table. Right at your ear hole. Holding doors for people, tipping everyone. <laughs> I mean, I'll tip a bartender. Tom Roller, come on now. We see you tweeting. We're, the ask we'll on, tip you, Tom. The the ask on tipping on a machine w- when the person took an order is where I draw the line. Well, here's another thing. Because like, I'm a good tip. I'll tip. Me too. I don't carry cash, though. So here, uh, 
if it's a hotel and you want me to give you, you know, five bucks or something for, I don't know, for luggage, carrying my bags or yeah. something when I after I check out, have a have an electronic tip mechanism. Anyways, what are your annoying unwritten rules of life? All right, I've got ten here, starting from the bottom. <laughs> of course, Brian Dozier has about a hundred of them. Yeah. If I go to Rando Barber, do not talk to me. I have actually picked a barber full time, not because, and he's good, but it's not because I love how how this head of hair turns out. It's because I sit down. And he says, <laughs> I'm not "How sure are you? That good. <laughs> how are you doing?" Yeah, that's fine. But he says, "How are you doing?" I say, "Great." And the next thing that we talk about is when I pay him, and he says, "Thank you." Isn't that kind of uncomfortable though? It's like twenty minutes. No, no, no! And it's there's great. No, no chat at all. Like a twenty-minute, a twenty-minute. How are you? And then, and but we—it's very. What but a twenty-minute encounter I is hate, different than a cashier encounter. What? But what I hate, what I absolutely hate, is if I go to uh, your chain barber shop, and I sit down, and you know, I'm Betsy. What's your name? I'm Judd. So, are you off work today, Judd? Oh my god! Since you're since yeah, it's okay. noon. And that's when I always come in with, uh, no, I'm a night cook at Perkins. Yeah. Or well, something like well, that. Here, okay, so this is where I, I, I'm definitely with you on that. I think going silent for 20 minutes is a little uncomfortable. Like, there's got to be something to fill the space there. But there's other people getting their hair cut, too. And so if you start talking about your life or someone next to you starts complaining about something to the, the stylist that they've been going to for five years, like, you realize you're in a public setting and other people that you don't know are getting their hair down or haircut. That's uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, so my son came home from, from school the other day and he had a black eye and I just don't know what's like. I'm sitting here. I don't want to hear yeah, this. And you don't care. What is this? But yeah. and, and what drives me nuts is is it must be at some barber schools that they teach this because then I'll start talking. Damn you, Aveda. Which I don't want to do. And Betsy, Betsy will be there cutting my hair and it's clear she's tuned me out. And I never wanted to start the, the conversation. And then inevitably the phone rings and she'll be like, excuse me a second. It's like, just do your job. I don't care. Cut my hair. Let's be done. That's number 10. That's, the, that's just number 10. All right. There's nine more. Okay. <laughs> number nine. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with something you said, but tweak it differently. If someone's right behind you and you're walking through a door, hold the door open enough for them to grab it. What I hate is like just just pop yes, it open. Yes, pop it open. Yep. Agreed. What I, what I can't stand is is guy that walks through door and opens it just enough for himself, and then so it's closing on you and you got to catch it. It's so easy to just pop it open, pop door open. But don't stand and hold it so well, that you fine. walk through. Okay. But the point is, there, there's much like driving. There's an easy way to do this. And people make it tough, and it's always dude bro who's like, I'm just going to open this for myself a little bit. And then you're like, you idiot. That, See, I don't mind that. I'm okay grabbing the door by myself. I'm okay, but it's not necess- But it's very easy just to pop it. In fact, I kind of appreciate it when the person in front of me understands that this is a dumb unwritten rule. I'm just going to go through the door, and you can handle the door however it right, falls. Right, but you know that you can, but as you said, if you pop it, it's it makes life simple for everybody. I feel like and sometimes- you don't look like an ass that But way. don't you ever get, when you pop the door for someone- but they're a little bit too far behind. And so, the, like, you pop it, but it kind of goes shut again. And then you sense that they're mad at you for not no, either popping it never further sense or... That. Okay. I never sense that. Okay. Number eight. And this goes to your baby point, but it's different. And, and we've discussed this on the show several times. Do not share your vague reference problems with, with me 
via Facebook or Twitter or any other form of social media. So the unwritten rule would be using social media as a platform to complain about your life. Oh, no, no. If you're going to give me your complaint, I don't mind. It's the vague references. Where you're fishing for a while. Yes. Oh, Tough days. Yes. Sad face. Yes. Yeah. You I, know, there is a... That's, that drives me nuts. There's a... Yeah, I agree with you. Yes. Like, I if, mean, if you're going to say so-and-so died, okay, you know what? That's really sad. Yeah. You're sharing it. Completely get it. For sure. I'm empathetic. But when you tweet out or put on Facebook a frown emoji, you know, and like Dave just said, tough day, the whole world's against me. Yeah. Or something like, I've seen this one too, oh, when is it ever going to end? Or, <laughs> and then, okay, clearly you're hoping someone says, what are you talking about? What are you hoping? Yeah. And so know, just ends. don't, don't share that stuff. For sure. Number seven. And this is a problem in the state primarily. Allow people to zipper merge. The zipper merge makes perfect sense. If I'm on 394 and we're all and, and we're all trying to get into that one lane to go on 94, you've always got guy that keeps car as close as he can to the next car to not let you in. Zipper merging actually is very effective if people do it. I feel like zipper merging is a written rule though. I don't know if this qualifies for the list. Like zipper merging is a written rule. They have signs about it, right? But but people don't do it. I think the unwritten don't rule do is it. blocking. Blocking yeah. would be the unwritten right, rule right. here. So or feeling, you, feeling it's necessary to get in the long line when you've got the other lane, which is going to merge into the lane two, right? Unoccupied. And it's a system that work. It's a system that, if given an opportunity, works. Oh, it's outstanding. So Great just system. let it work. Love so, but it's guy. It's guy that won't do it and ignores the signs. My next one: making noise while people are sleeping. You always have people. <laughs> What's the unwritten rule there? The the un the unwritten. Are you just? Is this just a pet peeves list the, that you've turned this into? The unwritten. The unwritten. No, the unwritten. <laughs> what is Dawn doing at home? The unwritten rule. <laughs> the unwritten rule is very clear. If people are sleeping, be polite. Do not make noise. Do not okay. make noise while people are sleeping. <laughs> Why that's violated, I'll never know. We're gonna get to number one. <laughs> it gets better. It's gonna be. Don't leave your. <laughs> Don't leave your empty bottles of wine next to the garbage. Put it inside the garbage, especially when you know your husband's been at the wild game all night, busting his ass for his day job. I'm the I'm the garbage guy. I got no problem with the garbage. The garbage situation is absolutely fine. The garbage situation. Unwritten rule number two: Quit texting me while I'm doing a show between nine and one o'clock. Whoa. Number three: All the yeah 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 yeah. Uh, see, you guys are off base here. <laughs> now you guys are taking it too far. Uh, continue the list. We'll see if we're right or wrong. All right. All right. Here's my next one. And this is this is very clear. And this gets violated consistently. If I'm sitting down and there's no one around me, working out and there is no one around me. Like working out? Yes. Or I'm peeing and there oh. is no one around me, do not get in the next either seat the next treadmill, or the next stall. That's clear. I think this is a pet peeves list. This is a, this is <laughs> this is not an unwritten rules this list. Is an this, unwri- is a- this, this is an unwritten rules list, which I would throw a baseball at your head but the unri- if you do this. The unwritten rule would be what you just said. That if you're at a gym yes. and you're in the... Okay, so the unwritten, the unwritten rule would be... So you like the unwritten rule that you're not supposed to sit in the yes. seat or the... Does it not drive you crazy if you are in a gym doing something 
and there's three treadmills to your left. I would all assume open. that I'm in a gym doing something. And but three, yeah. yeah, and three to your right, and a person gets on the treadmill next to you. Yeah, don't nitpick Phil. He's on a roll. Here. Okay, so okay, okay. All right, that one drives me crazy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that one absolutely drives me nuts. All right, here are my last two because okay. they're too good not to give you. All right. This is an unwritten rule. This is a un- these are back-to-back unwritten rules that go way back in time and in today's society make zero sense and yet they're adhered to by people consistently, which absolutely perplexes me. Number 2 on my list. The rule being you're not supposed to ask a woman about her age. Why? Okay. The number 1, a good one. and this is the big one, Women's weight. Okay, folks, here's the thing. If all's fair in love and war, right, and everyone's treated equal, right, which which I'm all for, equality. Equality's important. But if everyone, nobody ever goes up to a male and is like, I, I can't ask your height and weight, right, or your age, because, I mean, that just wouldn't be polite. Every male gets asked for that. It's a valid and it's point. No, and it's no big deal. It's a valid point. But women... For years, and I, I get that there was a time when women were considered, when it was considered not polite and you treated them, but those those times are gone. Why can't I know a gal's weight and age? And, 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 and why am I why am I criticized? Why am I treated like a pariah if I seek that information? Well, okay, well, two things. Number one, the double standard is evident, and you are correct. Number two is a question. Why do you need to be asking other people, women specifically, how much they weigh and how old they are? I have noticed in Hey I, you. If I if I am not <laughs> hey, mis- fatty. If I'm like, not you- if I'm not mistaken in all candidness, I believe I have seen media notes and uh, programs that do not list for for women athletes consistently their weight. Hmm. There's no reason not to do that. There is no compelling case not age, to do that. Age is always listed for, for women athletes, though, right? Like, I know I that think Lindsay Whalen is 35. But, but it is. But you know as well as I do, you go, if if it's your birthday, Phil, there's nobody on earth who's, who's going to be like, oh, I probably shouldn't ask Phil his age. I mean, that might be rude, right? Everyone's going to yeah. be like, 29 again. Happy birthday. How old are People you, People are Phil? usually shocked that I'm only 32. They're like, you look like you're 47. So. <laughs> but, but there's nobody... Who's going to be like, well, you know what? It probably wouldn't be polite to ask Phil his age. It's his birthday. I'm going to be. Why is the standard different? No, it's a, it's a good question. Why is that an unwritten rule? It's it's definitely a good question. No, th- yes, I would. I'm going to go with you on that. On the on the, uh, the my favorite one that you listed is actually it's not an annoying unwritten rule. It's one that I agree with. It's the one if there's ten urinals or ten treadmills and only one is occupied or like movie theater seats, same thing. Just go to a different row. Go yep. to the go to the very end. Yeah. So that's an unwritten rule that I that I agree with, but uh, it's a good list. It's pretty good. I don't. I just. It's. I don't understand why we don't live in an era now or a time now where it's perfectly acceptable to ask everybody. You look like you gained some weight, gal. What's the weight now? Wow. Look at you. Why don't you go and by on the Twitter? Way, you look a little older too. Go through all of the women that you follow on Twitter and just start asking the question. Just during the show, we'll see how many respond. Go ask, how old are you? You can mix it up. How old are you? How much? Hey, hey, it's Judd. Hold how much on. do you just DM them? Hold on. I got to start. Sli- slide into their DMs and ask how much Let's they see. I'll start with Stormy Daniels. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Judd's push for equality at the next holiday party when he shows up in a nice form-fitting dress and pumps because, hey, everyone's got to do it, right? We're all the same. You think I wouldn't do that? I do think you would do <laughs> no, that. No, I don't think you would do that at all. You're the last person that would do that.
Uh, Dave, what's coming up in stuff next? Oh, you want some stuff, huh? We've got a couple baseball notes to get to, a little hoop. And, I mean, it is the road to WrestleMania. Yes, it is. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Odd combination. Yeah, well, so are my parents. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Stuff you should know about is sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Head into Firestone Complete Auto Care through April 8th and get $15 off a synthetic blend oil change. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit driveafirestone.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene <laughs> with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. All right, David Harrigan, what you got for us on this Tuesday? <laughs> Let's start on the diamond, shall we? We haven't seen a whole lot of this ever. Encarnacion with a high drive, deep left field. Down the line it goes into the corner. It is a fair ball. It hit off the wall, not the pole. Encarnacion around second on his way to third. Ball still in the warning track. He's being waved home. There will be no throw to the plate. And when Encarnacion says yes indeed, you'll see something you've never seen before. That's me with an inside the park home run. How about that? You don't see it a lot because uh, last year in the major leagues, out of 465 eligible ball players, he ranked 420th in sprint speed. He's one of the 50 <laughs> slowest players in all of Major League Baseball. After the game, see the ball when the ball go away from, from Upton. Hey, I my man got to make it to the plate. Nice he was a lot of running, <laughs> but I like it. He's good. That's pretty funny. Uh, so he's not quite as slow as the Molina brothers, right? No, he can't oh, be. No one is. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's. I a, mean, that's it was a like sundial. like an oak tree trying to get to first base. So he wasn't that slow. But uh, the Molina brothers were always very offended. Lavelli Neal got chastised by one of them one time, like ten years ago. He told I the story that, where, yeah. where it looked like it looked like Benji was running around third base with a piano strapped to his back or something, and he took great offense to it. Yeah. How can you get offended by something that is entirely true? Like I a understand, a lot of people do. I, mean, I think like mo- most people do. I wouldn't. If you said I was slow, you're right. If you say I'm sort of fat right now, you're right again. <laughs> okay. Like why? Why you're slow? The Molina brothers. I agree with your assertion about run, being offended. It's like a sundial. But most people do get offended by things specifically because they're true and they're in denial about those things. I guess. Right? Secure, right? Let's talk about, you know what, let's do this one first. Hoops, Sunday. It was Van Gundy and Mike Breen on the call ESPN. I believe this was Rockets, uh, Spurs, and things got a little off track with Mr. Van Gundy. What does second cousins mean? <laughs> well, it's not, it's not, I, I think, well, I don't want to go into All right, I just, when people say it, I, I never know what they mean. Or what you're allowed to do when you're a second cousin. <laughs> what are you talking no, about? No, I'm just talking about no. I don't know Seven what a second cousin now. means. I am so grateful for this commercial right now. <laughs> okay, that was that was as awkward as you could possibly get. Is he incriminating himself? Is he just trying to is he I trying to crowdsource what an answer for his own life? What what can you do, huh? That well, what's with second cousins, not much. Oh. Fourth cousin now. 
You could do more, right? Do we know how that even came up or or No, I have no okay. idea. I don't care to know. Were they talking about DeMarcus Cousins and the conversation turned? <sighs> that was just really, really funny but awkward. Fourth cousin is the line, right? I thought it was fifth. I'm not even, I don't care. <laughs> How about that? I don't care if it's fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth, ninth. Yo, you say that now. I got to be honest. <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy is, I would not expect, I mean, he's a little bit goofy. I'm surprised he went there. There's a lot, I mean, Bill Walton in a second, right? If Bill Walton, <laughs> Walton said would have, that. We would have stories. Yeah, exactly. He'd regale us well, with tales about second his second cousin. In 1968, you're I think right. it's pretty obvious Bill Walton knows his second cousins <laughs> very well. <laughs> Maybe even his first cousins. All right, let's talk about the road to WrestleMania. First. Oh! Rousey's got Triple H. A Stephanie from behind puts Rousey through a table. Wow. Stephanie McMahon puts Ronda Rousey through a table on Raw last night leading up to WrestleMania on Sunday. And then there's John Cena. He, the Undertaker's got to show up, right? Hey, Undertaker. It's obvious that you left your hat in the ring, but it's clear to everybody here that you left your balls at home. Oh! oh! Taker did not show up! Snap! What is going to happen this Sunday? Snap! So, Judd, unprecedented, one of the biggest <laughs> matches that's never taken place at WrestleMania between two legends, uh-huh. The Undertaker, John Cena. But The Undertaker lost last year, put his Undertaker hat, gloves... And his little Undertaker overcoat in the middle of the ring and, and signaled farewell. John Cena's been calling him out for a month. He hasn't shown up. This was the last Monday Night Raw before WrestleMania, the last TV time. No one knows what's going to happen. Is John Cena going to have an opponent? Is is, is the Undertaker going to show up as himself, Mark Calloway? Tune in on WWE Network Sunday night oh, to find out. You guys, what time you guys want to come over? I think the pre-show starts at like 4. So. Oh, on Sunday, I got something going on that day. Well, but it goes for like six hours, so you could come over. You know, even if you showed up at like six or seven o'clock, you could catch most. I'll of the text card. you to find out. I see how it is. Woo! Okay. I mean, Dave might have time. No, oh, I got a lot of time. I got nothing going on. <laughs> no big deal. I'm sure Dave will drop by. Yeah, sure. I'll stay there all night. Hello, friends. Ah, yes. It is Tuesday. At the Masters. Tuesday. Tuesday, always the day that the previous year's Masters champion gets to celebrate mm. with the dinner put on in their honor, with them choosing the menu. I would like you to, to put on your newspaper restaurant critic hats and please critique the menu put forth by 2017 champion, Mr. Sergio Garcia. Okay. Yes. The night will begin with the international salad. International salad because it is inspired by ingredients representing countries of past Masters champions. Wow, that sounds terrible. What kind of what kind of ingredients are we talking about here? International. What kind of what, what's Canada known for? Like what what will Mike Weir's win be representing in that salad? I believe that would be poutine. Okay. <laughs> Next we move on to the traditional Spanish lobster rice. A mm. Lovely Spanish dish. Oh, it's this, a more of a white collar Spanish I, dish. If you're I putting l- lobster in the would love rice. to try that. I will, that sounds delectable. And finally, we end with dessert. A tribute to Mr. Garcia's new bride, Angela, 
It is Angela Garcia's very own recipe for tres leches cake. Wow, three milks cake. Yes, not one, hmm. not two. Three. We're bringing you all three milks. So today. I'm going to get more milks in the cake than I'm going to get actual courses in the meal. They're going to give me salad That's... and rice. And I, I don't like salad and rice yeah, is I, the dinner. I don't like the roster construction here at all. With a little bit of lobster, I need some more protein. Yeah, that's not going to do it for me. I'd like another course of something. Yeah, there's got like, is there like a block of meat or something, or can I get more than just like some lobster sprinkled into the rice? The second thing that sounds a little bit underwhelming. That sounded the second thing sounded good, but that does not sound like. No. And the dessert doesn't sound that good to it's me. It's a good thing they have, like, sandwiches and hamburgers at Augusta for $2. So yeah? if you're still hungry, you could probably go find a concession somewhere. <laughs> I might just do that if I was at the... It's 10 o'clock at night. You're just wandering the ground. <laughs> hey! Tiger needs a Sammy! They have egg salad sandwiches for $1.50. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I think we go through that every year. The ridiculous cheap prices down at Augusta. It is amazing what you can get for 10 bucks. Yeah. Egg Three salad sandwiches, a couple oh. beers. Yeah. Egg salad does not sound good to me. No, it's <laughs> filthy gross. Uh, did you guys see the technical foul that was called last night during the basketball game? Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I, honestly, I kind of ducked out once Villanova looked like they were going to take over. So I think it was Wagner of Michigan and one of the Villanova guys. They weren't really, you know, shoving, but there was a little jawing, you know, a little, you know, kind of bumping. So they they just threw out the double text. I don't know if it was really nice of the Turner folks to put up the uh, stat that that was the first technical foul called in the national championship game since our old friend Chris Weber. What? Yes. It was 25 years, no technicals. <laughs> yes. Wow. Just to remind everyone that Chris Weber once called a timeout without having any and lost Michigan the I game. love it. Good. I'm glad they, they did. So I'm sure they've had chances with tempers flaring and oh, co- sure. coaches. Are, coaches you could tee a coach up 10 times during a game. I'm, that's, that's, that's good. Chris, Poor Chris Weber. Chris Weber. Never going to get away from that moment. Nor should he. <laughs> he should live. Should have known how many timeouts there were. You got to know. It's national championship Judd's going to make you aware of uh-huh. it every day of your life. Uh, we'll talk some Vikings at the top of the hour. They signed Kendall Wright over the weekend. Jason Stark makes his... 2018 Mackie and Jed debut at 11.30, and uh, we're hanging out in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. My three words for this, baffling, embarrassing, and infuriating. Yeah. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Join 1500 ESPN and the beer show's Chris Reavers for the 2018 Minnesota Brewers Ball. It is happening this Saturday, the 7th. At the International Market Square building in Minneapolis, you can enjoy samples from more than 30 breweries, distilleries, and wineries, all while raising money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. The evening will also include some good food, a silent auction, and live music. General admission and VIP tickets are on sale now. Details at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Drive to right center field, retreating to the gap is Polanco. This ball is gone. No, in play off the very top of the wall again. And Kepler tees off and gets a big double against the lefty. (laughs) And you wonder, and you wonder why he's reticent to give the home run call these days. (laughs) I think there was a noticeable shift a couple of years ago because he's definitely on Twitter and definitely, definitely (laughs) reads people's responses and criticism. Actively blocking them. And I'm pretty sure. People, because it was like two years ago was the pinnacle of people, people called it the Bramergasm, right? Or the, what, using his first name. 
And so I'm pretty sure he scaled back. Now you see these deep fly balls, and he he got out of his zone there a little bit. Thought that ball was over the fence, but where he'll he'll just kind of walk it up to the wall. There's a fly ball deep to left field, and then as it becomes more evident that the outfielder's running out of ground, then he'll go into the home run call. But a couple of years ago, he'd call these medium depth fly balls. There's a deep drive off the bat. It seemed like he got very confused at Target Field for a few years yeah, too. Yeah, like he couldn't judge how far the ball was was going to travel there. But play that again because it's interesting, and I don't think at the end of this he says much after the call that it was not a home run. Play that again. Drive to right center field, retreating to the gap is Polanco. This ball is gone. No, in play off the very top of the wall again. And Kepler tees off and gets a big double against the lefty. Now, ordinarily, I think after that, you, you get the, oh, my goodness, I was, you know, I'm sorry, I was mistaken, my something like that. I don't think he said a word. I think he said, no, it's a double, and then just went on like he never called it the home run. And I don't think Burt busted his chops, which I was really disappointed oh, just, by. Because yeah. off the air, he had to. Yeah, that would have been a great spot for Burt to jump in, but it's possible Burt was thumbing through the <laughs> Through the media guys for the next hitter. I'm sorry, I can't resist. Can't resist. All right, if you could craft the next Twins broadcast booth, what would it be? What would be the next Twins broadcast booth? Because they're moving in that direction for sure with the the color commentator, and Dick Bramer's not getting any younger. Well, I don't know how much longer he's going to be. Could be another five or ten years. I don't know, but I'll give you two. Tovis would be awesome. I'll on give TV. you two scenarios: one that won't happen, but I would love to see, and one that that would at least be plausible. My dream scenario, and I've said this before, it's 2018. Eliminate the traditional play-by-play guy. Give me if if he'll do it. Give me Smalley, who's smooth. Give me Roy Smalley, um, and he can do the reads, and they don't have to be perfect, but he can do the, he can do that. And give me um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the best. I mean, if if he would do it, probably Kadire. I think Kadire would be phenomenal. See, he I, doesn't want to do it. I don't know. I don't but, know if he'd be phenomenal in that in that form or not. But my point is, okay, but let's say it's Tory then, or a guy like Przinsky. My point being is, give me two guys who know know the game. I don't need to be told perfectly that it's a ground ball to short. But if the entire broadcast, like with TK, if the entire broadcast is based on telling me things I don't know, I love that. Like if you're seeing things, and and I'm not even talking about big things. I'm talking about positioning. TK was, I, I told you, my favorite TK story was there in Chicago a few years back, and the White Sox center fielder was positioned wrong, and Kelly went off. He was actually upset, and he's seeing something that in a million years, I could go to a 1,000 baseball games, I would have no clue. And he's talking about how his positioning was wrong and how that shouldn't happen. Uh, the plausible one, I'm with you. I would go Provis and, let's say, Roy. Corey's fantastic. Yeah, the, the, yeah, Corey's, I, Corey Provis is, and there's a reason why that guy's on Big Ten Network doing big football games and, and basketball games, too, and he's been a friend of our show. We're biased, but I think he's just a really talented broadcaster. The Tom Kelly thing is just, it's it's a difference in taste. If you love Burp Lylevin, you probably don't get much out of Tom Kelly on a broadcast. But if you love Tom Kelly on a broadcast, you probably resent Burp Lylevin. Because Blylevin's not going to give you a whole lot in terms of deep dive analysis. I mean, like, they spent, I think it was the second game against Baltimore this weekend. And we might have brought this up on the show. Chris Davis is batting leadoff. And they brought up how puzzling it is that Chris Davis is batting leadoff and talked about it for, like, five minutes. And it is, like, and I'll, acknowledging that there are a lot 
more untraditional hitters batting leadoff now than ever before. You don't have to have speed and handle the bat. You just as long as you're one of the best hitters on the team and you get on base, you're qualified to bat leadoff, mm-hmm. according to most front offices in today's baseball. Well, Chris Davis doesn't have a very high on base percentage, so it is a little bit puzzling. He's a good power hitter, but even with a more open mind about leadoff hitters, it doesn't really make sense that he's batting leadoff. But their analysis was so surface level for those five minutes. And like they were just speculating, is he gonna is he gonna be a guy that bunts to get on for it's like no, he's no, <laughs> clearly not. But there's gotta be more to this, and right. you're in Baltimore, and it's I don't know, it just felt like show up to work, and I know that it's not that's not what they're doing, but it just I wanted more in that spot. Sure. Especially in 2018 when the game is changing so much. And you know, I don't know if Bert was the guy to give us more in that spot, because Bert's gonna you know, Bert's been doing it a long time and He's only doing a, a, a half schedule. I think the problem is Bert, Bert settled into being Bert a long time ago. And and when Bert started, because I want to say they basically were doing the same thing at some point in the in the 90s that they do now. They, they had a, a rotating cast of people like Tommy John for a while. Yeah. And Herbeck, and Herbeck was in the booth occasionally because they liked him, but I don't think he, he wanted to do it. And Bert... I think if Bird had been challenged to analyze from the outset, he'd be different today, but he sort of wasn't. And Dick sort of likes that role. So so Dick would tell you what he thought and sort of leave Bert. The guy who was actually really good, and I, I talked to a, quite a bit years ago about this, who was really good at challenging Bert and got a lot from Bert, Ryan Lefevre. Because he had played the game, but as a play-by-play guy, his theory was, I should always set the analyst up to tell you, the viewer, what's going on and why. Right. It's more credible. And so he, and so his whole thing is, in the days that he worked with Bert, I need to make Bert look good. And in those days, if you set Bert up, he would tell you things. But I think now the ship sailed probably 15 years ago yeah. on the opportunity for that to happen consistently. Like there was a point, I can't remember which game it was, but Bramer offered up his opinion that Byron Buxton should drop down, a, like, well, you've got Tim Beckham playing third base for the first time, and so Byron Buxton should do this. So he was offering his baseball opinion, and he watched, he's watched enough baseball, but it, the way it comes off to the viewer is, oh, that's interesting. Like, the play-by-play guy has thoughts on the strategy that Byron Buxton should implement. And then Burt picked it up by reading out of the media guy. That's what Burt... It, like, it was like back-to-back. It was Dick Bramer. Here's my opinion on what should happen strategically in a baseball game. Yes. And then the next thing said was... Burt Blylevin reading the numbers of the pitcher out of the media guide. And, I'm like, this is backwards. But that's Burt's default. I think Burt started to do that because because his opinion was, well, if the play-by-play guy is going to give you the give you what I should give you, then what's my role? And so I think Bert, Burt's a rather defiant human being, as you can tell. I think Burt's default then for a long time was, well, if Dick's going to tell you what, what he thinks should happen, I'm going to tell you what Timmy's hitting or, or his ERA. I never. And I think that's. How, I, I think it's a. I honestly, from from my, my days doing the uh, TV radio sports column, I honestly found it to eventually be a dysfunctional relationship. Yeah. But like, I never again in my baseball viewing life need to know which appearance this is for a pitcher, unless it's a milestone. I never need to know what the win loss record of a reliever is ever. I don't you ever need to know. From? Only if it's a new player. San Diego, California. If it's a if it's Kyle Gibson, maybe his first start of the year. Okay, let's get the let's get the numbers out of the way. Yeah, I don't need to know that Ryan Presley is was one in three last oh. season. Like it doesn't matter. And by to the me. way, Twins, give Jim Cott five to ten games. You're employing him again. 
Yeah, that'd be bring, awesome. Bring, I'm sure he'd do it, right? Cot, Cot is off the charts. He's very good. Yes. Let's come back and talk some Vikings. We haven't talked a lot of Vikings the last couple of weeks. We've uh, exhausted all of our Kirk Cousins discussions, but now they're making some other moves, including Kendall Wright added as the number three wide receiver. Let's get into that when we come back to the TCL broadcast studios.